As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. The Russia-Ukraine war is prompting gas prices to rise Soaring. to near record levels. The price of a levels. barrel hit a 13-year high gas on Sunday. Gas prices hit their highest levels in more than a decade. War in Eastern Europe is driving up the cost of driving your car. Gas prices are up 40 cents. About 41 up cents. 45 cents. And as President Biden blames Russia, Putin's war is already hurting American families. He is also warning American oil companies not to cash in. There's no time for profiteering or price gouging. While the president's critics say he bears the blame. It was just one pipeline, but what has come to symbolize is Biden's attack on uh, oil and gas. What really drives gas prices and how high could they go on this week's Open Record? I've got bad news for the American public that this is going to get worse. Fox 6 Studios, this is Open Record. I'm Brian Polson, and I'm joined by Contact 6's Jenna Sachs. Hi, Jenna. Hi, Brian. We are recording this episode on Wednesday, March 10th, for release on Thursday, March 11th. As of today, the average retail price of regular unleaded gas in Wisconsin is $3.99. We're just about to break the $4 mark. The national average, $4.25 a gallon. That's up more than a dollar since Christmas. But most of that increase, as we all know, has occurred in just the past couple of weeks. To help us understand why that is and where these prices are going, we have a special guest on the podcast this week. He is the head of Petroleum Analysis for Gas Buddy, a mobile app that helps you find the lowest gas prices around in real time. Patrick DeHaan. Patrick, welcome to Open Record. Thanks for having me. The idea of being the head of petroleum analysis, it wasn't even a title I knew existed until I saw that in your bio, but you've been doing this for a long time. You obviously follow this uh, incessantly. Let's start with the obvious. Russia's invasion of Ukraine sent the world oil markets into a tailspin. Why is that conflict having such a profound impact on gas prices right now? Well, Russia is a major exporter of crude oil. They supply basically most of Europe's oil. Uh, they produce about 10% of what is consumed globally. So they're a big player when it comes to energy, not just oil, but other things like natural gas as well. So when you have uh, a major uh, war like this, Russia invading Ukraine, the West has responded with severe sanctions that have made it very difficult for Russia to sell that oil via sanctioning banks, sanctioning shipping companies so they can't get insurance. Basically, that oil has been... uh, uh, pulled off the market and oil prices skyrocket as a result. It's kind of like the housing market, which is really hot right now. If all of a sudden you took a bunch of homes off the market, that's going to push prices up as people get more desperate to buy what's left. So the president has announced a ban on imports. How will that affect prices here? And how much oil do we actually get from Russia in the United States? We get very little. Um, You know, there, there are what we call oil products. Uh, that are used by refiners. Uh, I would call it about uh, 700,000 barrels a day. But, you know, the announcement yesterday was not a surprise. In fact, most oil companies had already been uh, slowing the flow of oil. 
from Russia as a result of what has unfolded in the last two weeks. So the move yesterday, um, you know, was was probably just enough to get these companies times a time that they had already begun moving away from Russian oil. But it's not a surprise and it shouldn't have much of an impact. Certainly some, uh, but oil prices um, actually falling a little bit here. Uh, but no matter gas prices, uh, as you mentioned, Wisconsin, uh, just this morning going over four dollars a gallon. Well, so it has it, Wisconsin has gone over four. I, last I saw was the AAA number at three ninety nine. So we've hit the four dollar mark here on Wednesday. Our data updates every five minutes, and we have hit that four dollar gallon mark in Wisconsin. Wow, there, there you go with Patrick DeHaan on the recording here on on Open Record. We've just broken the four dollar mark. That's not a, a mark we want to break, uh, but but here we are. You know, it, we, we talk about um, the, the the impact on the markets, and I know that you you watch this regularly this is stuff you watch even when the gas prices aren't up what you know we know that the issue with russia is obviously affecting things the the war in eastern europe what are some of the other big factors i mean you know supply is obviously a big one but demand is also a big one and we're about to head into driving season again i mean things are warming up and people are going to be more active what are some of the other factors that impact gas prices well i mean as you mentioned a lot of what what has recently hit us has been russia but beyond that there's still a, a huge impact from COVID, uh, essentially. From from the, I mean, you mentioned supply and demand. The imbalances brought on by the pandemic has really reshaped energy uh, because uh, Americans stopped driving shortly after the pandemic started back in uh, March of 2020. Um, oil prices plummeted. We all can, I think, pretty well remember that gas prices plummeted along with it. And as a result, oil companies had to change the game. They had to slash output. They laid off thousands of workers to respond to kind of that new norm. And the problem is that those were long-term decisions. But then, you know, back in, in 2021, vaccines started to allow the economy to reopen. Cases went, COVID cases went down um, and demand went through the roof. Everyone had been locked down, right? Uh, stay at home, work from home where possible. Uh, essential uh, workers only. And, and so after the economy reopened, Americans hit the road and demand for gasoline skyrocketed and demand, excuse me, supply just couldn't keep up. And so that created an environment towards early 2021 and most of 2021 saw higher prices because demand was recovering faster than supply was. And now it's just been put on steroids because now demand continues to go up and now you've taken Russian oil off the table and that's why we are where we are today. You know, Patrick, I think we're all used to a lot of fluctuation in the oil market and gas prices, but I think everyone wants to know how long it may last. Do you think prices will continue to go up? Have we hit a peak? What do you think we'll see going forward? Well, I think here very short term, we probably will see prices continue to go up for maybe another week or so. Stations are only slowly passing it along. Um, so it may take a, another week or so for them to kind of get to that end game. The good news is that oil is, is you know, a little bit lower this morning, uh, 7%. And, you know, it, that's a good sign. It's a sign that the rally in prices could waver in the days ahead. Um, you know, for those, you know, hoping that prices, the pump would go down immediately. Like I said, stations have been behind the game. So even if oil does come down, gas prices may continue to go up for a few days, then they could eventually reverse. So how long does this stick around, though? It's very hard to tell because a lot of this is a function of what's going on uh, in Putin's head. You know, if, if he decides to, uh, to uh, leave Russia, 
Uh, if they pull back, if they sign a peace treaty, good things can happen. Oil prices can come down. But, you know, it's, it's, it's a really tricky prediction. And I'll just say that prices will remain elevated as long as Russia remains in Ukraine. Well, we certainly hate to imagine that our futures in terms of what the price of gas or you know energy prices are going to be are in the hands of Vladimir Putin. But but it does raise the question of what kind of power world leaders have to affect gas prices. And in particular, our own president, there's always politics that enter into this and, and the sides point fingers at each other. We heard President Biden yesterday or Tuesday saying that, uh, you know, really kind of pointing his finger at oil companies and saying, you better not price gouge. Um, we're going to be watching you. And, and you know, so he called it Putin's gas hike to put the, the, the blame on on the Russian president for what's going on. But he also pointed at U.S. oil companies. Are American oil companies taking advantage of this spike to pad their profits? And if they were, how would we even tell? Uh, well, first and foremost, of course, the president's going to, you know, blame oil companies. I mean, I guess he's got a role to to let Americans know that he's watching the situation. But oil companies don't get to decide what they sell for. I mean, it's quite simple. They had to sell or they were selling at $20 back in 2020. And now, you know, they get the good side of it in terms of oil going up. They have fixed costs, probably $40 to $60 a barrel. That's what it costs them to, to get the oil to market. And so they do do better when prices go up, right? Just like if you bought a home three years ago and you're you know, flipping or whatnot, you're doing much better. Are you price gouging selling that house at the market value? No, that's what oil companies are do, doing. They're, they're, they're selling oil at the market price and, and the market determines prevailing price. That could change tomorrow. Um, but for now, yes, oil companies are profiting because they have fixed costs to bring that to the surface. And the market through buyers and sellers have determined that, you know, prices uh, are higher because demand has not been curbed and supply has suddenly taken a huge tumble with, with Russia off the market. Just on the flip side of that, though, critics of the president are, have been loudly blaming his policies of restricting the flow of oil through the country's pipelines, the Keystone pipeline in particular, the, the action the president took on Keystone. What role does that play in the supply of gas and ultimately the price of gas, or does it really have that much impact? Well, everyone likes to think they're an expert on this. I appreciate you giving me the chance to weigh in. You know, we could have 50 Keystone pipelines, but that doesn't mean there's oil to put in them. And that's the problem we have. Now, I will agree and say the optics, the president's moves have not helped in this predicament. You know, the fact that he canceled the Keystone, well, the Keystone there might not even be oil to put in it, but it still does not help the optics for oil companies wanting to, uh, you know, wanting to increase spending and drill. Um, but the problem is that even if you gave oil companies a thousand new permits today, they don't have the people, they don't have, they don't have the parts, they don't have the, the, the wellheads to drill right now because of the tremendous amount that's already going on because of supply chain issues. I mean, the supply chain issues we've heard about with cars, right, and, and so many things. And that's also affecting drillers' ability to drill for new oil. These, these things are happening. And the president, you know, championing the transition to EVs and whatnot is not helping. But much of this is simply bottlenecks that are outside the president's control. 
You know, there was, I believe, a letter sent on behalf of a number of governors to Congress asking them to remove the federal gas tax through the end of the year. Would that make a difference? Is there any precedence for that kind of thing happening? It probably would make some difference. I, I, I have to say, though, I don't like government intervention. I think when, when government gets in the way, whether restricting via the Keystone or artificially lowering prices, that changes the supply and demand balance and there's repercussions. If you lower prices by 18 cents by waiving the federal gas tax, well, first of all, stations may take a while to pass it along, especially in the, the climate today where prices are going up. Uh, the 18 cent a gallon tax, you know, if they waived it tomorrow, it doesn't mean stations are going to go down 18 cents. Um, stations have been behind the curve. So instead of it going down 18 cents, it might go up two cents. And the 18 cents just disappeared because now stations don't have to further raise, right? It may essentially be invisible. The other thing is that it may drive people to drive more, boosting demand and further making the situation worse. Because whenever you, pre whenever you lower prices, you know, people don't think as much about conservation. They may take the road trip. And the market, the free market is working, right? Prices are going up because they're trying to find a point where demand is going to go down. We haven't gotten there. And if we cut the tax, it's going to interrupt that relationship in the free market and it's going to drive demand higher. You know, you talk about uh, this, the idea of cutting that tax being 18 cents a gallon or whatever it may be. I mean, that, that's a small amount, but I'm looking at, I, I love Gas Buddy, by the way, and, I, and, and I'm not just saying that because you're here, but I love the charts. I'm a data guy, and you have these retail price charts going back years, and I'm looking at Wisconsin and, and, and the national average and sort of the ebb and flow. Just before, I, this must have been late 2019, if you look at late 2019, we were still we were in the ones. I mean, there was a one at the front of the gas price. Uh, I think Wisconsin got as low as a dollar twenty one a gallon um, in the, the middle of twenty nineteen. Are we ever going to see that again? Are those days gone? I mean, you know, dropping twenty or thirty cents is one thing. Dropping two or three dollars is that going, or is that maybe just part of the cycle that may be coming in the future? Well, I, I think you might be looking at the wrong year. I think that that, that was definitely not a 2019. That was a 2020, right? At that the is 2020. Of the okay. Pandemic. Oh, you're right. You're right. I'm, I'm. You're right. I'm looking at the wrong. Yeah. Okay. So this is so this is right in March of 2020. Yeah, I, I don't think that's going to happen again. I mean, hopefully not, because it means that we're in the middle of another pandemic or something is similar. So the only reason prices fell was, of course, because many Americans were were staying home, and that probably will never happen again barring some sort of massive shift. Right now, we're getting the, the bad side of, of supply and demand, right? That is, it's, it's, it's a seller's market and prices are very high. Back then, it was a buyer's market. So th this is the free market. I mean, we have both of these situations that are, are aggravated by current events. Last time during the pandemic, Americans stopped driving and demand plummeted. This time, it's the other side of, of the equation. It's supply that's plummeting because of Russia's uh, actions and because of sanctions. You know, we hear a lot about California hearing uh, or California having far and away the highest gas prices in the nation. It kind of varies throughout the country. A lot of the Midwest and the Western Plains states have the lowest prices in the nation, but Wisconsin is kind of on the higher end. Why? Why is that? Why is Wisconsin on the higher end when it comes to average prices? Well, actually, looking at prices today, Wisconsin's kind of on the lower end. I, I do think that eventually and, and normally Wisconsin is just under the, the, the normal end. Um, looking at prices in every state right now, th there's only about a dozen, call it 15 states that have prices under $4. And Wisconsin's right there at 401 now. So 
actually it's not too bad in Wisconsin generally is the cheapest in the Midwest because of low taxes. So, um, you know, it's, it's actually not a bad state to be in right now. And I'm in Illinois. I'd love to come across the border to Kenosha and fill up. Well, there's the comparison, the comparison to Illinois, Wisconsin's definitely in better shape. I look at my home state of Missouri and I feel like we're paying way too much here in Wisconsin. Uh, Missouri's on the very low end. Yeah, they they really are. And that's, again, there's a big difference in taxes and Missouri is kind of an epicenter, uh, you know, of, of where major pipelines converse and it leads to much lower prices. Wisconsin also has something I've covered before, and I know you and I have talked about this, Patrick. We have something called the minimum markup law that has been on the books for a long time. It's there to protect against unfair competition. And I know there are some critics who say they feel that drives up the price of gas. Does that drive up the price of gas? Does it have a, 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 a notable effect or it, does that really kind of all come out in the wash? The FTC and I'm going to cite the FTC because the Federal Trade Commission has looked at the Unfair Sales Act, and the FTC has said it raises prices. Does it raise them significantly? I mean, have they said, are we talking a few cents a gallon potentially, or could this be a 40, 50 cent difference? Is that? Uh, you know, I, I don't think it's it's definitely not 40, 50 cents from, from what I'm aware of, but I, I don't have the study in front of me, but th- those folks at the FTC are very smart people. And when you have you know, things like uh, an unfair sales act, I get that it was designed to protect competition. Uh, but it also, I mean, it, it, it's there, it requires you to sell at a minimum over a price, you're not gonna, you know, it, it's baked in then it no other state that I'm aware of has has to have such a law. I mean, it's look at how many times uh, politicians in Wisconsin have tried to get rid of it. But you know, there's a lot of interested parties on the other side that don't want you touching their their basically guaranteed to make money. You know, we have interviewed you several times over the last 10, 12 years. How is your app handling what might be a surge in public interest that comes along with these kind of hikes? Do you uh, do you see an ebb and flow in the amount of demand you're seeing for for comment, for discussion about these topics? Absolutely. We've seen some incredibly lofty numbers for traffic as people try to get ahead of these hikes and look for lower price gas. Uh, we have struggled to maintain our services because of the crush of, of traffic that has been coming into us. Um, but thankfully, our engineering team has done a terrific job at maintaining the site. We're up. Um, you know, we've made some adjustments and I think we're good to go. Patrick, we know you're in high demand and you have to get going. Thank you so much for the time you spent with us here on Open Record. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. And it is time for us to go off the record. This is the part of the podcast where we get a little more casual, have a little fun by answering a question for which we have not prepared. And here to ask us that question again this week is executive producer Sarah Smith. Hey, Sarah. Hello. Um, Today's question is kind of like a series of questions. Sometimes when I can't find or think of like a good one question, I'm like, you know what? Sometimes these like little quick hitters end up, you know inciting some other conversation. So um, the first two are going to be fill in the blanks. So Brian, we'll start with you. So you're just going to fill in the blank to this first one, which I think I know the answer to. I'm always late to everything. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, I'm not. That's not true. That's not true. But a lot of things. It's pretty true. Uh, no, I, I, am, I, I, am, I didn't think about it till I first read it. And I was like, oh, my gosh, she's going to say everything. <laughs> I, I am always late to uh, to picking up my kids. OK, that's fair. 
<laughs> They're the last ones on the well, no, because, the because it, it's like everything else, though. I'm like, how much more can I get done at work? I can do this. I don't want to have to do this yes. tomorrow. I'm going to get this done at the end of the yes. day. And then I always, no matter how many times I have driven the distance, I always underestimate how many minutes it's going to take me to get there. Because I think, well, if I just make some green lights. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Jenna, I'm always late to... I mean, I was late for this podcast today, so I feel like it takes away. I don't think I'm late that often. Do you guys think I'm late? I'm always late to... No. Uh, Maybe it's it's not like a right one. Maybe it's like trends. Yes. We were just talking. That's what I, and that's literally oh, that was it. going to be my answer. Is like, I'm always late to the, like, the cool things. Right. You know, if we're looking at it that way, I mean, since I had kids, any popular music on the scene, I have no oh. idea... Popular Who, music, shows, movies. <laughs> right. I remember Literally. there were some Summerfest acts that were really big a few years ago, and I hadn't heard of Lizzo, right? Like, that was a big one I hadn't heard of. And I remember whenever they come out with the number one songs, I, I haven't heard them or I'm not aware what they are. So I guess it would be, you know, trends in music if it's not from a Disney movie. I mean, the good news is, is that we don't talk about Bruno is like still number one. So I know that, <laughs> that those are my people. We were just talking about <laughs> that, that off the podcast hip. because uh, <laughs> because Jenna asked me about she said they're finally getting past the Encanto stage. And I said, what's that? <laughs> and she was appalled at me that I, I have seen the movie. I, I mistook it and thought I actually thought it was called Enchanted. Uh, which was apparently a totally different Disney movie with it was somebody else. It was. Okay, yeah. See, I don't know yeah. anymore. My kids are now at the age where we're not watching a lot of that, um, so so I don't know. But I can tell you, uh, when it comes to being late to trends, Denise and I did watch all six seasons of Lost last year. Yes, dude, I was super late to Lost yeah, as well. That was really late, but it was good. I mean, you know, it was it was like it was easy fodder. You know, you did you didn't have to think too hard. We could make mm-hmm. fun of it a lot, but um, but it was entertaining. Okay, number two, fill in this blank. The blank came first. Chicken or the egg? Oh, 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 okay. Uh, I mean, I I would have to I'd have to analyze that. I have to get. I I mean, it seems impossible that an egg could have come first because I think something the egg had, has to have come first. <laughs> well, right, but something had I, to lay yeah. the egg, right? <laughs> but I, something had to hatch out of the egg. I feel I, I could go on this one for like an hour. I, yeah, no, I justify both. <laughs> um. But anyway, okay. So now pick your process. Which goes first in the bowl, cereal or the milk? Oh, I mean cereal. Because you, you have to pour the milk over the top of the cereal. Okay. Yes, I agree with that. Absolutely. Who would put in the yeah. milk first? That's crazy. Sociopaths? Yeah. Like, that's, <laughs> our, yeah, that's, that's a, that's a, that is a psychopath thing. Because, I mean, what, are you going to wait, you, are you gonna wait no, for the but, cereal to, like, absorb and sink into the bowl? So that, I mean. Right. You, you know how much milk to put in based on if the cereal starts to rise and it's going to pour over the edge. But if you Google cereal milk, like, what goes in first there is a thread that's about a gazillion comments long people have real opinions about this that seems um, like the kind of artificial debate that would be set up by like you know kellogg's just to get people talking (laughs) about cereal again come back to cereal please no one's eating it anymore they're just having starbucks yeah (laughs) true okay and then uh do you go sock shoe sock shoe or sock sock shoe shoe what kind of person puts the one sock and shoe on before okay. the other sock unless you're a barefoot kicker in the NFL yeah. I don't understand that at all of course it's socks and then shoes on both feet I mean both socks both shoes that I can't imagine yeah. Is it, Jenna am yes. I wrong 
Okay. Absolutely. Unless I'm putting them on my kids and then it's put on socks, they take them off, I put them on again, they take them <laughs> off, I put on the socks and the shoes and then they take off the shoes and then I put on the shoes again. So that would that be like a that complicated In that process. case, I could see putting the shoe on after the first sock just to lock it in. <laughs> you'd think. You'd think like that you would work. Like you tie it tight enough, maybe, no. That's all I have. <laughs> wow, J- Dave's going to be happy. I, did. I didn't take this one I, another you know. 10 minutes. No, no. And there were no revelations about, you know, swallowing nickels or anything like that. Oh, my gosh. I went back and listened to the podcast last week because I wanted to hear your response to when I said yes. that. And it was a it was an audible gasp. Because, and let me tell you, I went downstairs to talk to Dave after we recorded the podcast. He was editing it. And he said when he first laid down the audio track, he he saw it normal bouncing, you know, and then toward the end, he could see really big spikes. And he's like, what happened? And then he realized it was me like cacawing, like laughing or gasping. I said, I said, Dave, that was me actually quieting part of my laughter and my and my just disbelief. So yeah. I said, you got a, a toned down version. So you're lucky. I appreciate but that I get can to fix those levels, generate that kind of enthusiasm. Uh, ladies, both. Thank you very much for for being on the podcast this week. Jenna, thanks again for uh, being a co-host. I always love seeing you guys here. If you have a topic you'd like us to discuss on Open Record or an issue you think we should investigate. And by the way, I want to thank one of our listeners who suggested we talk gas prices this week. We do listen. When you tell us you have things you want us to look into, we are paying attention. Send us an email to fox6investigators at fox.com. That is fox6investigators at fox.com. As always, thank you to the people who make this podcast possible, producer Pete, Dave Machuda, and Sarah Smith. Please subscribe to Open Record. If you have not done that already, you can find it wherever you get fine podcasts. With that, I'm Brian Polson. We'll be back again next week. Mm-hmm.